If you want to turn to Luke chapter 1, we're going to be looking this week at the second of three songs we see in Luke. Luke chapter 1, and I'm going to, we're, I'm going to read as you follow along, starting in verse 68 through 79. Luke 1, 68 to 79. And as we come to this, it's, it's almost like an ecstatic utterance as he's filled with the Holy Spirit and he just kind of blurts out his praise to God. I just want you to get the background just a second. He, it, this is an old guy. I mean, older than me. That's old. And um, his wife is old, and his wife is barren. They're at the end of their lives, never had a kid, and he's struggling. He's a priest. He's in the temple offering incense, and an angel appears to him. And uh, I'm just giving you the nutshell, so you don't have to you can fall asleep later if you want. Um, and uh, he doesn't believe. The angel says, you're going to have a you're going to have a baby, what you've been praying for. And obviously his praying was full of unbelief. He didn't believe what he was praying, probably like a lot of us a lot of the time. And, but the angel said, you're going to have a baby. Your wife's going to have a baby and didn't believe it at all. Ended up mute. He couldn't speak. The angel said, until the baby is born, because of your unbelief. Well, his wife gets supernaturally Pregnant, they have a baby, and when he, when the baby comes, the neighbors say, uh, "We assume he's going to be named Zachariah, just like the father." And the, the mother says, "No, his name is John, like God said his name was to be." And so they ask Zachariah, and he asks for a tablet, and on the tablet he writes his name is to be John. And with that act of obedience, his lips are unloosed and he blurts out this song. So I'm going to read it. I'm not going to sing it for you. But if you follow along, Luke 1.68, Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and he prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel. And I'm sure he did it with a lot more exuberance than that at 70-some years of age, having a baby, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. You will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give to his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace.
Let's pray. Father, uh, that, that last phrase there, to guide our feet into the path of peace, is, uh, Father, we're a people that need that. Uh, we're, we're a country that needs that, a world that needs that. We're, we're a people that needs that in our own hearts. So many of us are, are so full of anxiety and, and stress and, and worry and concern. Father, this time of year when we, when we, when we sing songs, joy to the world, the Lord has come so often, our, our own hearts are, aren't full of that joy. Father, I pray that you would just open our eyes afresh today to, to the joy that became Zacharias when there wasn't any, that we might experience that same joy because of, of the Messiah, Jesus, who has come. So we give this time to you. Amen. So... How many of you are going through the motions right now of Christmas? You don't have to raise your hands. <laughs> Just can't wait for it to be over. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. You've got to be kidding. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. 28 people dead in Newtown, Connecticut. 20 of them children, six and seven years old. Um, a community that's been shattered. Um, I think a whole nation that's in shock. Even though just a few days before that in Portland, Oregon, a mall shooting. Uh, just last night again, another mall shooting. Um, Nobody killed, but somebody in the parking lot of a mall and uh, again last night shot off 50 rounds. I mean, peace on earth. <laughs> Goodwill to men. Um, what do we do? How do we respond? Um, as somebody suggested to me a couple of days ago, we take all of our kids out of school, um, I quit shopping at malls, Quit going to post offices. Quit going to movie theaters. <laughs> um, declare martial law. Peace on earth. Goodwill toward men. As I was thinking about this, uh, just a, a scene that has gone through my mind so many times in, in a book that I read, the, the, the autobiography of Hudson Taylor, um, the founder of a mission that we served with in the Philippines, in the midst of the, one of the most horrific times in China during the Boxer Rebellion, if any of you are familiar with that time, when hundreds and hundreds, thousands of missionaries and Chinese followers of Jesus Christ were being just slaughtered um, by... Uh, Red Guards. Um, and just word after word was coming to Hudson Taylor about what was happening. I mean, these were like his children. These were like his family. And just word after word was coming to him of, of the, the carnage and, and the, the terror that was happening around China. Um, 
one of his fellow missionaries heard some music and went into a room where Hudson Taylor was and he was singing. And the song he was singing to himself as the word was piling in from around China was, Jesus, I am resting, resting in the joy of what thou art. And, and this fellow missionary blurted out to him and said, how can you be singing in the midst of such pain and such carnage and such horrible surroundings? And, and his simple response was, how can I not sing in the midst of it if I'm going to survive and we're going to carry on? For, for some of us, in the midst of everything going on around us and it might even be more personal. It might even be more agonizing. Uh, um, we, we, there was a memorial service yesterday for a, a dear, longtime friend of our of our um, of our family and of our ministry, uh, Angela Wagner. She's been a board member of our ministry for years. Went home to be with the Lord. Her memorial service was yesterday um, after a couple years of fighting cancer. Just a dear lady, um, a loved one lost, uh, a relationship broken, uh, out of work again, maybe a rebellious child. Uh, I was talking with a, a gentleman yesterday at, in Paulsbow, uh, just a wonderful brother in Christ who's in deep pain right now because of a, his, his oldest son who is uh, addicted to meth and, and on the streets. Um, Maybe it's an inability to have children or a concern about your health or someone else's health. How in the midst of life can there be joy? Can there be joy to the world? The Lord has come. Sometimes it can be kind of hard to believe. Can it be that, that God in the midst of all the yuck can be good and that he can truly in the midst of the yuck, be good to us and, and bring us joy and peace. And, and I'm talking true joy and true peace, not, not putting on a fake smile like, yeah, we're going to get through this, but, but true peace, true joy, true freedom, true hope this Christmas. Well, the, the good news is... Um, that God did it for another, and, and we just read about him. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. God did it for another. He did it to an old man at the end of his life, a man who'd given up hope. He'd lost all faith, I believe. He was still going through the motions. He was still showing up to church. He was still serving faithfully. He was even praying. But he wasn't really believing anymore. That God would, that God could do what he had promised. Bring the Messiah, the hope of Israel, into the world. Deliver them from the Romans and the cruelty of slavery. Because God wouldn't and God couldn't, he believed, even heal his own broken heart. <laughs> An old man without a, without a son. 
And he couldn't. He wouldn't believe that God could heal his broken heart and give him a son, an heir, a balm for his broken heart until, well, that's the story we're going to look at this morning. And, and to try and help you capture the emotion, I, um, I put it in poem form this morning um, to help us kind of capture the emotion of what Zachariah's story was and then the song that he sung. This is it. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him listen carefully to the song of Zechariah. He was just an old man with a barren wife who long before had lost his hope of life. Still doing his duty according to God's law, a faithful priest of the division Abijah. Who would have guessed him, Zachariah, a man of unbelief, from his daily religious duties, just longing for relief, rotely going through the motions, long ago dead to emotions, his hope dead like his wife's womb, in his heart for faith no room. Yet still carrying on faithfully, doing his religious duty dutifully. Well, according to tradition, chosen by Lot, the appointed priest offering incense to God. The people outside praying for the promised Messiah waiting, though no one really expecting, just merely religious tradition perpetuating you feel like that sometimes? An old man's heart breaking, unbelief overtaking. She who has ears to hear, let her hear. Let her listen carefully to the song of Zechariah. Well, an angel appears, the old man overcome by fears. You will have joy and gladness. Ended will be your wife's barrenness. Your son will be the one who precedes God's son, preparing people for the Messiah coming in the spirit and power of Elijah. But the old man just can't believe. Beyond his wife's empty womb, he can't see. At an angel's rebuke, the old man becomes mute. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him listen carefully to the song of Zechariah. Well, the old man returns home, pondering. The people leave, wondering. His wife becomes pregnant, but the old man still remains silent. Six months later, an unexpected visitor Cousin Mary arrives, and Elizabeth cries, that's Zachariah's wife, happy are you among humanity. How is it that you came to see me, the mother of our Lord? God is indeed true to his word. But the old man remains silent, and his unbelief still no dent 
Not convinced of what's been spoken, his heart is so severely broken. What can heal a broken heart? Give a broken old man a a brand new start. What can open a mute mouth to sing God's truth? She who has ears to hear, let her hear, let her listen carefully to the song of Zechariah. The time to give birth has come. The old man has his son. The neighbors arrive to see, rejoice together, God's great mercy. What will be his name, this one who wiped away their shame? The name of his father? No, declares his mother. It will be John, the name given by God. Stunned, the people look and see the old man silently nod. And then his faith no longer blocked. His lips finally unlocked. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him listen carefully to the song of Zechariah. Praise the God of Israel. I know he's real. His redemption is a done deal. God's promise through his prophets is fulfilled. David's descendants has come. Victory over our enemies is won. No more need we live in fear. Thanks be to God for Abraham's heir. And you, my son, what can I say? You are the prophet of God to prepare his way, to bring to his people the knowledge of salvation by leading them to the forgiveness of sin, to bring hope to a hopeless people, light where darkness is real, by opening blinded eyes to our hope, the promise to Messiah. Praise the God of Israel. I know he's real. His redemption, a done deal. God's promise through his Messiah. God's promise through his prophets is fulfilled. Maybe this morning you're like Zachariah was. Struggling with unbelief, any hope of, in your personal situation, real deliverance, freedom, healing, emotional, physical, spiritual healing, uh, peace. Maybe you're reduced to where I think Zachariah was when this story occurred, reduced to just getting by, going through the motions, even religious motions, hanging on, or maybe some of you even at the point of giving up. The question this morning, as we come to this point, we come to the transition between the baby John being born and Zachariah's ecstatic utterance, his song, the question is, what changed Zechariah? What, what was the change? And maybe later you can just read through that passage together, Luke chapter 1, but the question, what changed? Because as we, we follow through the story, I mean, even when the birth happens and 
His wife becomes pregnant, and then and, and the baby's born. Mary arrives, I mean, through that whole time, right up into the point to where he's asked, what will the name of this baby be? Will it be your name? Until he responds, up until that point, I still see unbelief. This guy just almost doubting that this baby will be what this baby has prophesied to be, that somehow magically his wife got pregnant. It wasn't supernatural. It wasn't God. And we can do that, can't we? When we're struggling, we're hanging on, just getting by, we can say, oh, it, it, really, it, it really wasn't God. It was just coincidence. It just happenstance. And what changed with Zechariah turned him from unbelief to prayer, to praise. And this is what I simply like to offer you that the answer was, and I'm going to just summarize it briefly for us this morning. It, it's one word, and, and I think the answer was that turned, that turned his unbelief to praise was obedience. Obedience. It's kind of hard, isn't it? We thought, I wanted something better than that. <laughs> Obedience. We're going to go back to Luke 1. And I just want to, I'm going to read, starting at verse 62, just the, the paragraph that precedes the song. As, as the neighbors are making signs to Zechariah to find out what he would like to name the child after, after his wife Elizabeth said his name will be John and they're all aghast and wondering, but it doesn't make sense. No one, no one in your family has ever been named John. His name has to be Zechariah. And he asks for a tablet and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. It was at that moment that I believe his unbelief was loosed, his faith was unblocked, and it says, immediately his mouth was open and his tongue was set free and he began to speak, praising God, and there was awe. I mean, it says, the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things, and everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what is this gonna, child going to be? What's going on? And what, what opened up his praise and and just a countrywide awe about what God was doing was simply him writing in obedience what he was told in the temple by the angel, his name will be John. Literally, it was him taking God at his word and acting on it. And I believe that in the midst of yuck going on around us and, 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 and the pain going on around us and the, and the heartache going on around us and, and going on inside of us, that the encouragement for us, what will bring us praise in the midst of it, is us taking God at his word. Because we live in a painful world, world right? We live in a broken world. We're broken people. We're surrounded by brokenness. We're surrounded by praying. We're not going to get out of it, right? Until we get to heaven. And so is there hope of happiness? Is there hope of true peace? Is there hope of true joy? In the midst of it, it is, I believe. There is, I believe, 
if, like Zechariah, we take God at his word and we live accordingly. Until he obeyed, in his unbelief and, and wavering in his unbelief, his lips were locked, his faith was blocked. But when he obeyed, his name is John. There was praise. And it, it's beautiful. It's just, it's, it, it, it was unleashed where before it was blocked because he got his eyes off of his brokenness. He got his eyes off of the hopelessness and he got his eyes back onto God's promise. What God had promised and believing that promise and living in light of that promise, there was praise. Because the fact is, in the midst of the guck around us, God is good. God is good. In the midst of a broken and brutal and, and often painful world that often doesn't make sense, it's just plain senseless, right? Who can make sense out of what happened a couple of days ago? It, does, it makes no sense. It's senseless. It's sick. But in the midst of a broken, brutal, and often painful world that doesn't make sense, that is senseless, God is good. God is good. So I think the encouragement from, from Zachariah's story and Zachariah's song for us this morning is take God at his word and live accordingly and rejoice. Like Hudson Taylor, I... Like I said, I keep coming back to that for myself personally. In the midst of painful times, I, I keep coming back to Hudson Taylor sitting at a piano singing, Jesus, I am resting, resting in the joy of what thou art. And, and, and brothers and sisters, if, if we can do that in the midst of the pain, get our eyes off of the painful. It doesn't mean become insensitive, put on a plastic smile, but it means in the midst of the guck, remember, get our eyes back on God, remember that God is good in the midst of the guck. And we can rejoice. We can rejoice. Let me just tell you three things, three promises I just want to share with you. I'm just going to read them. And just give three reasons why in the midst of whatever we can rejoice. This is the first one. It says, my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Believe that and live in light of that. My God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Number two, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's a promise. And yet, isn't it so easy in the midst of the guck to forget that Jesus is the same, the same Jesus that walked the earth and, and, and did good and performed miracles and, and showed that is the same Jesus that we have today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's, if he's your Jesus, then he's that same Jesus for you. And number three, just before he returned to heaven, he said, and I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 
Just think if we lived in light of that. <laughs> that he is with us today. He's with us in the midst of the pain. He's with, with us in the midst of the heartache. He's with us in the midst of the loss. He's with us in the midst of whatever. That he's with us. And if like Hudson Taylor, we can get our eyes on him and sing, Jesus, I am resting, resting in the joy of what you are. Not what's going on around me, but in the joy of what you are. I believe like Zachariah, our unbelief can be eliminated and our lips can be unleashed. And, and we can with genuine honesty say, Merry Christmas. <laughs> because in our hearts, there's joy because they're fixed on and our lives are being lived out in the light of who he is, his promises, and not just the pain that is going on around us. Just imagine the difference in our lives this Christmas. And please understand, I'm not eliminating the pain. You understand that? But in the midst of it, taking God at his word, living in light of these promises, and really having a Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Father, I, I thank you that you are, you are God and that you are good and that you are our God. And I just offer myself to you. I offer us to you. And, and Father, I ask that you would afresh open our eyes to who you are in the midst of the world we live. And that, Father, our, our eyes and our hearts would afresh be open to who you are for us right now, today, tomorrow, and the next day for whatever comes our way. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.